0: Welcome to this edition of Full Circle Healthcare, a MedSphere podcast. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us today. My name is David McFarlane. I'm the Marketing Communications Manager for MedSphere. And today we're very pleased to have with us CIO Robert Killian, uh, MedSphere's Chief Information Officer, clearly. Rob, thanks very much for joining me. How are you? I'm doing well. My pleasure to join. Good to have you. So um, rather than me try and introduce this, we're going to talk about SOC 2, which may be familiar to some people who are visiting, but I would imagine to most it isn't. And rather than me try and give some sort of um, inaccurate description of it, I'm just going to let you jump right in and describe what SOC 2 is. Sure. Uh,
1: So SOC 2 is a compliance standard that was developed by the American Institute of CPAs that specifies how organizations, that's right there in the name, it's service organization control, specifies how organizations uh, should manage their information systems and their data based on five trust principles, which are security, availability, integrity, confidentiality, and privacy. And the idea behind SOC is that it provides a framework, again, under these five trust service principles um, and, and criteria within those principles um, under which an organization can develop controls that that are specific uh, to their operations, their products, their customer needs uh, to ensure that they've got a, a, just a, a program that truly suits everyone's needs. And, and and again, because you're working with a third-party organization of registered CPAs, uh, you're able to then provide provide or convey a level or degree of trust, rather, um, that a third party has audited these controls and then issues an opinion that states that, yes, you are meeting all of these uh, criteria under the various trust services principles in your organizational operations, information systems, and how you manage
0: data. Okay, thanks. So, And thanks for defining that, actually. I looked up SOC 2, and I was unable to determine what the... um, Uh, what the the name actually stood for, Service Organization Control, did I get that right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, great. So um, I think it's interesting that you mentioned CPAs because uh, I know I have a certain idea of what CPAs do. Um, It's always seemed very boring to me in part because I don't get it and I'm bad at it. But um, how did uh, a professional organization of public accountants ever get into something like this? I know it's not a certification, it's a recognition just to be clear, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so, so it's, um, in essence, it's what you get out of this process is an opinion uh, by, by an auditor, by CPAs that say that based on those trust services principles that you have, you've met those criteria, that you're, you, you've defined controls that accurately meet the criteria and that you're doing, effectively doing what you say you're doing uh, in order to uh, comply with your own controls. Um, and, and so that's an interesting question. How did how, how, how did auditors or or, or, uh, or CPAs uh, get into the technology world? And so you just have to go back a few years and you look at um, another um, compliance uh, framework that that others might be familiar with, which is SOC one. Uh, so with SOC one, SOC one is a was was centered on financial controls, um, and over time. As technology became more prevalent, we got away from, you know, paper documents and, and those kinds of things. And we started using technology to store financial records. Um, logically, it followed that, uh, that, that some of these, um, criteria as far as compliance and ensuring that information was managed properly, uh, had to apply to technology. And so for a period of time, we looked at things like SOC one or SAS 70 and these technological controls were actually kind of being pushed into those frameworks and they, they really didn't fit. So ultimately, the demand grew strong enough that the AICPA, the American Institute of CPAs, uh, came up with the SOC 2 framework. Um, and it made sense because they already had all of the auditing framework, the auditing process, um, the, the, the processes to define controls and, and, and all that kind of stuff in place. Um, so it was a matter of simply expanding it uh, to cover information systems. And it was enough of a change to warrant its own type of audit.
0: Okay. Yeah, actually, I think you mentioned one other standard in there that um, I just want to clarify for anybody who doesn't know what that, like me, doesn't know what that is either. What SAS 70 refers to what? Is this just similar but different? Similar. It, it was another another financial control framework. Not an okay. Framework. Also administered by CPAs? good question i'm not entirely familiar but i believe so okay so uh, what i want to refer back to is um you know i said it's not a certification specifically it's it's an opinion but it's um an opinion that has value right um otherwise we wouldn't measure wouldn't seek it nobody would seek it uh why does it have value right so so it's a good question um you might you might think there there are other
1: you know true compliance or or certifications out there rather um, that that an organization could attain, it could be high trust or any number of other, um, you know, very rigid um, certification frameworks that have very specific criteria about what you must do technically. The difference with SOC two is that you operate off the trust services principles and those underlying criteria. So again, those are security, availability, integrity, confidentiality, and privacy. Each their own area, um, and under each of those, many criteria, numerous. I think the the AICPA. Um, trust services document. I want to say it's four or 500 pages long. It's, it's voluminous. Um, and so the, the advantage of something like SOC 2 is that for an organization like MedSphere, with a very broad product portfolio, uh, and a very broad range of operations, instead of trying to make our products fit into some predefined, very specific framework, under SOC 2, we're just trying to hit those criteria and we can develop controls that work for our products, and we can develop controls that work for our customers' needs, um, and and that way we're providing the maximum value um, to our customers and um, you know to their patients that we are doing things in a way that makes sense for our products, it makes sense for their workflows. We're not going to bend over backwards to adhere to some framework that's going to cause us to have to redesign products in a way that may ultimately. Uh, impede their efficiency uh, or or result in a product that doesn't work for them.
0: So it gives us the ability then to um, meet standards in a general sense without having to have some very specific requirements for uh, ourselves and for our clients, which in some instances might be challenging to meet. It's not overly uh, stringent or restrictive, it sounds like.
1: Well, Yes and no. Um, the nice thing is that we do have very complex controls. I think um we, we defined several hundred controls in the security and availability um trust areas. The nice thing is that we define those. And as part of going through this process, you're defining these controls alongside your selected auditing firm or auditor. And they're guiding you through the process to make sure that what you're doing. It can't just be a free pass. Uh, they are, they're, they're very stringent. They want to make sure that you can write the control however you want, as long as it meets those trust services criteria. And so, instead of having uh, you know a thousand page document from some certification standard that says you must do this technical thing this way, um, we have the ability to say, well, here's the objective, and here's the controls that we're writing that say that we're meeting that objective. So. It just allows us a lot more flexibility. But in some ways, um, it's as restrictive as we want it to be. And I'd like to um call out that you know, MedSphere, I think we we went pretty hard. In fact, we we got into some places where the auditor said, you know, I think you might have gone a little overboard on your controls. You might be maybe restricting yourself a bit. So maybe let's back off a little bit. So the nice thing is there's a lot of opportunity for balance. We can go as, as strong as we want and as complicated as we want in the controls. Um, but we can also back off a little bit, again, as long as we're meeting those criteria. And at the end of the day, in an audit, we have to be able to prove. Uh, it's much like being in court. We might have to prove to our auditors um, to sway their opinion that we're doing um, what we say in our controls and that those controls um, ultimately meet those criteria.
0: So can we get more granular? Can you provide examples? Because we're speaking at kind of high level and kind of general, using a lot of terminology that doesn't necessarily provide for an actual experiential example.
1: Um, sure. So, so some examples. Um, again, I think it's important to remember that this is not just information security. This is an organizational control. So starting at the very top of the spreadsheet that I have sort of seared into my mind, um, that we built these controls out of over the past nine months, um, you know, we start with setting the tone at the top. Um, is the board of directors involved in this effort? Do they have a stake uh, in the direction of the organization at an operational level? And Some folks might be thinking, well, that's a crazy question. Of course they do. But I mean, do they care about things like password policies? Do they care about encryption of data? Do they care about segmentation of networks? Are they involved in that level? Um, Normally, you'd assume no, right? You'd assume no. You'd assume no. It's true for many organizations. And so part of going through SOC... Uh, is implementation of controls, for example, that say, okay, well, we're already doing a risk assessment, but now we need to condense that data on an annual basis or semi annual basis or quarterly basis, whatever it may be, review it with a formal committee um, that's, that's sort of been pulled together again as part of SOC to, to think about overall compliance for our organization and make those items visible to the board. You know, are these risks to us as an organization? Or are these risks to our customers? Uh, and make the board aware, so that they have the opportunity to um, to get involved, to to make decisions, to help guide us, you know, fund efforts that we may need to undertake to mitigate specific risks. So that's one example on kind of the the human end, the big picture organizational end, uh, and, it, and then it continues. Um, things like again formalizing um, our risk assessment process. Um, it goes to things like uh, the strength of password policies. In some of our products, uh, going as far as sharing source code with the auditors, so they could confirm that yes, indeed, uh, your source code here shows us that your your password complexity mechanism uh, does what it says in the control. Um, some other examples might be showing um, logs uh, from our from our software QA and release system showing that uh, a developer made a change, and then. Someone else, another developer reviewed that change and allowed it to be merged into the, you know, release branch. And that yet another team separate from those developers are the ones to put it into production. Um, so, so sort of, you know, firewalling of processes to prevent, um, you know, uh, somebody from doing something nefarious internally. So, um, another example might be uh, doing user audits, um, which we now do. Um, semi-annually and showing complete logs. this is something we've done before um, on a regular basis, but now doing it in a formal structured manner that shows um, that here's everything that was looked at. Here's everything that was changed. Here are all the logs. Here's the source of all the data used in the report uh, and and, and keeping those those records um, and showing without a doubt that these things are occurring at the frequency
0: that we say they're occurring and that we're doing it properly. So that we could demonstrate, I mean, and the, there are examples of this, of people who are working within hospital systems who get into it and try to do compromising things. Um, unfortunately, there are probably far too many examples. But with the user audits, we can demonstrate that the hospital would actually be able to track every every incident and who the user may have been to show end-to-end security.
1: Yes, and so that's a slightly different control, but you're exactly on the right track. Um, part of that is showing that our soft, that our software products audit, um, audit certain access, audit certain audience that we are monitoring for anomalous behavior in the software, um, on our network, on our perimeter, um,
0: even within our internal user base. Okay. Uh, Okay, good. Yeah, I'm still getting my head around the idea of CPAs actually. So when you said, um, when you gave the example of actually looking at the code, um, obviously it's a much broader definition of, um, Public accountant for the most part because it is an accounting of something other than dollars through a spreadsheet and a ledger basically, but it's still an accounting.
1: Still an accounting. So we're working with an accounting firm, but they have, um, of course, folks who are then technical experts. So it, we worked with a, a so fairly, that code makes sense. <laughs> the code makes sense. Yeah, right? and some folks who are pretty good with technology, um, some even great with technology. Uh, that you know uh, clearly, you know um, I'm wearing multiple hats because this is a it's a different world. They're not, you know, I think depending on the firm you're working with, not necessarily completely technologically oriented. So these folks are wearing a lot of hats across different disciplines. Um, but yeah, you're working with folks who have that accounting background, but also very technologically adept. And one of the nice things about the firm that we worked with was um, they, they they certainly brought their um, top folks to the table. And were able to really help guide us through development of these controls, and and then auditing, uh, keeping us on on the right path to make sure that we weren't leaving anything out, or making a mistake, or writing a control that could be misconstrued or misinterpreted. And having folks who you know, really knew technology made that um,
0: much simpler than I imagine it could have been. Uh, I'm sure. You know, this must have been, it must have been an interesting process in terms of. Preparing for and then engaging in the audit did did you learn anything interesting? did you learn anything that you didn't expect about um, about the MedSphere organization as you were performing engaged in this process and or maybe did the auditing firm reveal something that we hadn't considered previously
1: There were a few minor areas, but this is one area where um, you know, I'm actually kind of proud of, of how we did. There wasn't a lot we had to change. Uh, over the years, we've had this just really strong focus on compliance with all kinds of security frameworks, federal regulations, uh, as a voluntary effort, um, some driven by you know contracts, but for the most part, as a voluntary effort, we've, we've always um, just made we've always really stretched. So HIPAA, high tech, um, elements of high trust, uh, E 2.0, FedRAM, NIST, uh, the list goes on and on. And we've adopted most or all of the requirements from various pieces of, of these frameworks. And so going through SOC2, I mean, certainly did learn some things about how we could change our organization for the better. Um, but in conclusion, Essentially, what we had to do is formalize things. Um, we were already doing risk assessments. We simply formalized the schedule and formalized the output of our risk assessment meetings into a standard format that could be shared with the executive team and if needed, the board. Uh, you know, We assembled our compliance team, which is essentially the same thing as our weekly executive team meeting audience with a few added folks. Uh, there were many policies that we have um, that we simply formalized or, or cleaned up a bit. Um, things like user audits, which were happening on an ad hoc basis, became um, something that we, you know, defined that we would do at least semi annually, even though we're doing them more frequently. Um, so, so yeah, we learned a lot about um, just ways that we could formalize some things and get a lot more mileage out of things that we're already doing simply by documenting them.
0: I know that you mentioned SOC one uh, previously. Um, are there what distinctions between the two uh, standards? Would you want to draw? Is there something in particular that stands out in terms of differences? So SOC one is uh, financially focused um, overwhelmingly, whereas
1: SOC two tends to be broader, uh, looking at the organization as a whole and with a sort of a, a sub focus on information systems and customer data. Um, so those two are, are, are fairly different in that respect. But I think the one of the biggest um, factors that I dealt with taking this organization through through um, through SOC two. Uh, was a lot of confusion about SOC two, Type one and Type two, uh, and so that's where the, the the differences are that that are relevant here. So what we've done at this point is SOC two, Type one. So um, Type one is 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 the engagement in which we create all of our controls, make any changes to our software or our systems or our operations uh, to comply with those controls, and then work through every single control. With the auditors provide evidence. Uh, to show that we're doing those things, and 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 I, going back to like the board meetings, for example, it could be as simple as showing um, the meeting minutes from a board meeting that says that hey, we discussed risk assessment, and we discussed organizational risks. Um, again, going back to the source code example, we provide some source code to show that we're we have a product feature that we're that we're claiming they can verify that it actually exists. Um, security logs. Um, looking at firewall configuration, all those kinds of things were the types of evidence that we provided. So, so that's type one. Now, typically, about a year after type one, you'll do a type two audit, which is where we'll come back around. We'll do a similar process, except this time the controls are already defined. We already know how to test the controls. We already know what types of evidence we'll need to provide. And this is where the auditors will then come back and, and depending on what the control is, will then ask for a sample of evidence based on what we established in type one so if we say it's you know going back to our board meeting uh, for example we'll say okay well it's an annual audit show me the last four quarters worth of board meeting minutes so that we can confirm that all the things that you say you're doing with the board in board meeting are actually occurring they're actually embodied in those minutes um, show us a sample of you know um, your your um, penetration test and penetration test results or your Automated um, vulnerability scanning results and show that for any of those that you have any, any vulnerabilities you found that you took measures to mitigate those. Yeah, so one can be type type one is really where I think where the rubber meets the road in terms of you've got a year under your belt. And we're looking in type two for the effectiveness
0: of the controls. A review basically of what was done in, in um, type one. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, actually, in a conversation that you and I had prior to this, uh, you mentioned that we actually pursued SOC 2 in this instance with um, one of MedSphere's products, um, our Marketware, um, physician recruitment and onboarding platform. Um, so, this particular, I keep saying certification because that's what comes easiest to me, but uh, this recognition, was for um, a particular product and i'm assuming that moving forward we'll be pursuing something similar with different products and that there'll be some value some overlap some value to what we've already done in this initial instance
1: absolutely so i think it's important to go back to the name service organization control probably 50 percent of what we've done uh, in this engagement for marketware um, applies to medsphere in general um, just from an operational perspective the way that we Manage our staff, the way that we manage our corporate systems, the way that HR works and the board works and the executive team work, the way that we train folks on security and HIPAA on an annual basis. And then, of course, you have the, the specific bits about marketware and those products and specific features in those products, specifics about the release process and the development life cycle and those sorts of things. So while it, it while it is focused on marketware, it, 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 uh, does, cover MedSphere broadly, Uh, then further, as part of going through this exercise for Marketware, we did the same legwork uh, to a great extent for CareView, uh, for RCM, for ChartLogic 10, uh, for WinPM, and got a start on professional billing services. So in fact, changes have been made uh, to processes that have to do with CareView, RCM, ChartLogic, WinPM, and our billing services. Uh, and and the MOS uh, suite to some extent um, under this process that we've gone through based on what we've learned so that we're well prepared uh, to enter subsequent engagements specific to those products so that we can call out the specific features of those products and the specific operational aspects uh, of those products in another report so instead of looking at MedSphere as a high level yes we've attained SOC SOC um, SOC two type one for for marketware well then we'll be able to show the same thing for these additional products.
0: Okay. A lot of the legwork, the leg up is already there for us, basically.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Development work's been done. Um, Policy changes have been done. Our approach to doing this was, let's get everything done for as many products as possible in this initial engagement. That's exactly what was done.
0: Okay, great. That makes sense. Okay. Because I'm not a technologist, I always want to finish with this, Rob. um, Is there something about this that I haven't asked you? that you're sort of chomping at the bit to discuss or describe because I'm sure I've missed something. Um, Anything else you want to mention? Well, you know, I think
1: one of the things that's, that's I think really important about what we've done here. And I I kind of alluded to this earlier, how I mentioned that we just voluntarily um, complied with, with numerous security frameworks. Some were obviously involuntary like HIPAA and HITECH. Uh, Others that I mentioned, elements of of high trust, uh, Marzi 2.0, there's, there's, Tons out there. NIST standards. We've we've put all this effort in to comply with those, but didn't really have any great way to show it. HIPAA, for example, there's not there's not really any certification unless you go with high trust. High trust is a sort of an industry standard certification that says yes, you're doing HIPAA. And well, more importantly, high tech, right? Uh, but some of these other NIST, for example, you could implement NIST standards all day long, and there's there's no
0: certification that says you've done that. Um, not I guess many. the recognition for HIPAA would be that you violated it, right? That's generally how recognition <laughs> <Cool>. comes.
1: <laughs> That's generally how the recognition comes. Yeah, better high trust. Um, so so, so, having gone through this and, and being able, again, to develop our own controls, and I, I kind of mentioned we, we often had the auditors telling us we had gone overboard. Um, that was because we're trying to embody all these things that we've done. We want to get some credit for um, all this work that we've done the way that we operate, how foundational um, security and compliance are to our organization. And this is yet another reason why we chose soft 2 is because it's 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 more of a open opportunity or a, or a blank canvas, if you will, for us to build controls in a way that can kind of showcase um, how we've gone above and beyond and, and not just kind of met the lowest um, common denominator.
0: Okay, great. All right. Rob Killian, Chief Information Officer for MedSphere. Thanks very much for taking the time out. I appreciate it. and I enjoyed speaking with you. David, it was a pleasure. And for all the visitors, thank you very much for taking the time to visit Full Circle Healthcare and MedSphere podcast. Uh, We have a full library of podcasts available on the same page. Uh, Thanks for your time and have a great day.